Our brothers and sisters, Alleluia, Christ is risen. Christ is risen Alleluia. You may be seated. If then, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above and not on things that are on earth, for you have died. And now your life is hid with Christ in God, and when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. When I was a younger man, a friend of mine said these very provocative words to me. He said, My faith depends upon three days. My faith depends upon three days. He was talking, of course, about Good Friday, the day that our Lord was crucified, Holy Saturday, the day that his earthly body laid in the tomb. And Easter Sunday, the day that He was raised from the dead. And when He said it, it got me to thinking that our Christian faith really does depend upon a set of facts. Facts from human history that we can examine. Facts that we can establish. Something like Leonardo da Vinci and the Mona Lisa, right? Raise your hand if you were there when he painted it. None of us, except the youngest among us. (laughs) So how do we know he did it? There's only one way. We have faith. But this faith that we have is not merely wishful thinking. It is a faith that's based upon a set of facts. Facts that have been established and were transmitted to us through reliable witnesses over the ages. So now let us look into the sacred scriptures once again. Let's travel back 2,000 years in time to ancient Israel and let's examine the evidence of the Bible for ourselves. We return to the scene early on a Sunday morning. Standing near a tomb, we see a large and heavy stone that has been rolled away from its face and a small band of women approaching the tomb. Among them are Jesus' own mother named Mary. We see in their hands that they're carrying spices. This was a common custom among ancient Israelites and other places, a custom that could only mean one thing. They expected to see Jesus' dead body there in the tomb. Therefore, you can imagine their shock, as the Scriptures say, when they went inside. Jesus' body is missing. It is simply not there. Who could have taken it? Where would they put it and why? It would be absurd to think that the Roman soldiers who were standing guard had taken it. After all, Pilate had just ordered his crucifixion three days ago. And if his body were missing, it would be on their heads. It would be absurd to think that the Jewish religious leaders had taken his body. They had worked so hard to rid themselves of him, and they certainly didn't want to stir up any new trouble for themselves. What about the disciples? Even the disciples would not have stolen His body. They had just seen Jesus crucified, and they certainly didn't want that fate to befall them. 
and in the uncertainty and confusion of it all, we're told that two angels appear beside the tomb. They speak to the women and they remind them of Jesus' own words. They say, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. And now we're hooked. What in the world is going on here? So you, you follow the women as they run back to tell the apostles. They tell the apostles, but the apostles don't believe. The Bible says they just think it's an idle tale. But then out of the corner of your eye, you catch Peter. You've known Peter your whole life. You grew up fishing with Peter on the Sea of Galilee. You were there when Jesus called Peter and said, Come with me, I will make you a fisher of men. Peter would be the first among the apostles to confess that Jesus is the Christ. And Peter would be the one who denied Christ three times at his crucifixion. I never knew the man, Peter would say. But now you see out of the corner of your eye this same Peter as he springs from his seat of despair. He dashes to the tomb with wearied legs and a wondering mind. He stoops down in the grave only to see the cloths lying there. And he goes back home. And the Bible tells us he marveled. He marveled at what had happened. Some of you remember a man named Chuck Colson. Colson was special counsel to President Nixon. He was known as Nixon's hatchet man. Colson pled guilty in the Watergate scandal. Colson spent nearly a year in prison as a result. Later, Chuck Colson would become a Christian, and he spent the rest of his life serving Jesus. He's known throughout the world, especially for his work in prison ministry. At one point, Chuck Colson had this to say about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He said, I know the resurrection is a fact, and Watergate proved it to me. How do I know? Because 12 men testified that they had seen Jesus raised from the dead, and then they went on proclaiming His resurrection for 40 years after the fact, and they never once denied it. Not once, ever. Never did they deny it. Every one of them, Coulson goes on, was beaten, tortured, stoned, put in prison. Coulson concludes, they would not have endured that if it weren't true. Watergate embroiled 12 of the most powerful men in the world, and they couldn't keep alive for three weeks. You're telling me that 12 apostles could keep alive for 40 years? Absolutely impossible. Absolutely impossible. Soon after the resurrection, we find this same Peter. He's now standing boldly before the very men who crucified Jesus. He's speaking powerfully about the facts of human history. We heard it in the first reading this morning. We are witnesses of these things, Peter declares. How they put Jesus to death by hanging Him on a tree. And how God raised Him from the dead. And Peter concludes this way, And everyone who believes in Him receives forgiveness of sins through His name. Therefore, my friends, you you and I, we only have two options. Either this is a lie and we should run far away from it as fast as we can, or it is the truth and we should run to it as quickly as possible. But don't just take my word for it, right? The point is that 
we're supposed to become like Peter and examine the evidence for ourselves. And so you can see on the screen behind me, today's sermon is the start of a sermon series we're preaching in the season of Easter. We're series we're calling Living a Resurrected Life. Our journey begins right here, and it begins right now. Investigating the facts that the Bible gives us and seeing how these facts produce in us faith in Jesus Christ. Trusting Him and Him alone for our salvation. I've never, ever forgotten what my friend told me over 20 years ago. My faith, he said, depends upon three days. Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and Easter Sunday. Three days that caused him to believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and changed his life. These are the same three days that caused me to believe and changed my life. These are the same three days that can cause each of us to believe and change our lives. Just like billions and billions and billions of people throughout time and space set free from the slavery of sin and death and embracing and rejoicing in the resurrection of the Son of God. Doesn't that sound not just like good news, but the greatest news ever declared in human history? These are the facts of human history that produce faith in Jesus Christ. And in fact, in just a minute, right before our very eyes, We're going to watch it happen live. Today, in just a minute, one young man named Christian Peta will be baptized into the Christian faith. Today, Christian Peta is trusting Jesus Christ for his salvation. His mother told me the story the other day that he'd been asking for a long time. He wants to participate fully in the life of the church. He wants to take (coughs) Holy Communion with us. His mother said he understands that he's a sinner in need of forgiveness. And I love this part. And so he said, why wait? Why wait any longer? Indeed, Christian Peter. Indeed, young man. Welcome to the journey of salvation, asking and answering the questions that we all have in our heart. How did I get here? What happens when I die? What is the purpose of my life? So you are most welcome to come back next week and the week after and the week after and the week after and join with us in the journey of what it means to live a resurrected life because if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above and not on the things that are of this earth for you have died. Do you know that in just a minute, we're going to kill an old man? We're going to bury the old man of sin in the waters of baptism. And by the giving of the Holy Spirit, Christian Peter is going to be raised to a resurrected life. So why wait? Why wait any longer? Shall we begin?